Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Get ready right now. I want you to welcome Dr. Cindy Trim. a pleasure to be here and to be able to do life with you. We're excited about our new topic called the anointing. There are so many people that want to know and have an understanding of what the anointing is, how to utilize the anointing and its relevancy in this generation. And so if you would go with me directly to Luke chapter 24, verse 49 to 52, we are going to give you an excursion of the Bible as it relates to the topic of the anointing, laying line upon line, precept upon precept. And prayerfully, you will walk away not only with an understanding of the anointing, but you will walk away anointed to fulfill God's original plan and purpose for your life. Luke 24, Luke 24, 49 to 52. Again, Luke 24, 49 to 52. And we're going to braid that particular text with Zechariah 4 and 6. Now, this is going to be scripture heavy. And I'm also going to encourage you to um, get you a hard uh, copy of the Bible so that we, you can not only write your notes or uh, record the revelation that God is giving you, but you can also go back through the scriptures, read the scriptures, highlight the scriptures. I know we have modern day technology. I have most of my books um, that are eBooks, but there are certain books that I keep a hard copy of. And it's not just because I like the feel of books. Um, that's not a good enough reason, but you can do more when you're flipping the pages um, of the Bible and handling the word of God in a tangible way. So I'm going to encourage you, those of you that are using modern technology over the course of this particular um, this particular teaching, I'm going to encourage you to also make sure that you have your highlighters, your Bible, and we're going to walk through scriptures and prayerfully after we finish this series, you will have enough revelation so that you can go back and use it in the future as devotions. And those of you that have children, it'll, it'll make a great uh, morning devotion. Those of you that do morning 
morning devotions with your children. It'll make great morning devotions. And then those of you that uh, work for Christian organizations and you're called on from time to time to do uh, devotions and prayer, this will be a good series to take them through. So from out of the book of Luke, chapter 24, 49 to 52, the scripture says, and behold, I send the promise of the father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And Jesus was, uh, had been buried and resurrected. And these were the words, last words to have been spoken to his apostles. And uh, it was within keeping with a directive that he would give them in the establishing of a new institution called the church. And this institution would, of course, be a spiritual institution. And it reminds me of Zechariah chapter four, verse six, where God announces to Zechariah that the thing that he would do would not be by his might nor by his power, but by the spirit of of the living God. And so it's interesting because when I was studying for uh, giving a real understanding of the relevance of the anointing and God took me to Zechariah chapter four, verse six, and you can turn there with me, please. The Bible indicates that Zerubbabel was, was handpicked by God to do something that was very incredible. And if you want to read the entire text of Zechariah, it's just very, very fascinating. It's a series of visions that God had given Zechariah. And, and God spoke to Zechariah and told him that he had a, or Zerubbabel, excuse me, and told him that he had a specific assignment for him. But he did not have to rely on his own strength or on his own power to accomplish it. Zerubbabel, it's interesting, the name, as I begin to extrapolate principles that you can use, it really means to be sown in Babylon. Many believers believe that the anointing is only relevant in the four walls of the church when in fact it is not. The anointing is placed upon you to accomplish whatever God has given you to accomplish by way of a purpose or an assignment, by way of a delegated, um, uh, a delegated assignment that he gives you uh, or a task, a delegated task that he would give you. And there is an anointing commensurate to that wherever you find yourself, whether it's in the local church or whether it is in an industry, whether it's in your family or community, whether it's in government, the anointing is there for you to fulfill your assignment, for you to fulfill a delegated task, for you to maximize your potential. The anointing is there as a spiritual resource that is made available upon demand. Now, Zerubbabel means to be sown in Babylon. God said to us as Christians that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel. It didn't say that we should go from church to church or synagogue to synagogue. It says that we should go into all the world. You should not be afraid to succeed in the world or in your industry to 
dominate that industry if God has assigned you there and if he has sown you or planted you there. Let's look at the book of Matthew chapter 13 verse 24 to 30. The Bible says another parable put he forth unto them saying the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field but while man slept his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way but the blade was sprung up and bore forth fruit then appeared the tears also. So the servants of the household came and said, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tears? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tears, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And I hope you got this. Let them both grow together. In other words, if you look as at the interpretation of this particular scriptures, because it confused the disciples, Jesus then interpreted the scriptures when they asked, when they asked him, would you explain to us this particular parable? And the Bible said that the good seed were the children of the kingdom and the field was the world. And so the scripture says that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel. That makes the anointing relevant to the problems that need to be solved in this world. You are going to solve them because you are anointed and because you are in the machinery that has been faulted. So in order to fix a broken machinery, you have to send the mechanics in. And in a person that is anointed uh, it has in uh, at their disposal a technology that can fix the broken machinery called the world. Now, there is a difference between the world and the earth. Psalm 24 says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof in the world and they that dwell therein. So we know that there has to be a difference between the earth and the world. So the earth is the terra firma. It's the physical place that we walk, we live, we, we, we uh, succeed, we prosper. It's something that is physical and tangible. But the world is not physical. It is spiritual. It is not temporal. It is a local. It is non-physical. And so the world is different from the earth. The earth is where we conduct our affairs, but the world is where the affairs of man is managed, controlled, and dominated. Managed, controlled, and dominated. And so when God said you are the head and not the tail, first and not last, it has a lot to do with what he has called you to do in this world. God is going to plant you in the world within an industry, within a system, within a community, within a discipline, within a field, within a profession. And then he's going to give you the anointing, not only to bring solutions to the prevailing problems within a specific community or industry, within a specific nation, within a specific family, within government. He will not only anoint you to bring the solution, but as you bring the solution, he's going to anoint you to dominate, to be a dominant, contributing, recognized, um, individual who is making a difference within that industry, pushing it forth, forth, pushing it 
forward as well as helping humanity to progress beyond where we are. Now, again, if God has planted you in a field, if he has planted you in an industry, if he has planted you in the world, you should not be afraid to dominate in in that industry. You should not be afraid to succeed. You should not be afraid to contribute. And so if the world is, is having challenges, what better institution uh, to go to to find the solutions than the body of Christ, than the kingdom. Because what you will get, you'll get bang for your buck. You'll not only get a professional, but you'll get a moral professional. You'll not only get a professional, but you'll get an ethical professional. Because we are the light of the world. City set on the hill. We are salt of the earth. And when we talk about light, we talk about individuals that bring vision to the table individuals that bring solutions and strategies that are able to point towards this is the path that we need to take. But not only that, they bring the ethics with it. Salt, we help um, humanity uh, at at the uh, level of its culture to stop praying. And and the, the world in which we live in, we have cultures that are undermining the very growth and progress and success of nature, of, of nations. So they are actually cultures that are oppressive cultures. They're not empowering cultures at all. And God is sending us into these cultures so that we can bring the message of empowerment, which is the message of the gospel. He does not only want us to preach it, he wants us to live it. He wants us to be the uh, living proof, the undisputed proof that what we are preaching actually works. And it not only works within the four walls of a church, it works in our home, it works in a community, it works in our in, in our government, it works in our profession. And I believe that God is releasing a fresh anointing upon the church and he's giving us a face lift. He's, he's, he's bringing about relevance uh, and he's using people like you and I to, to bring solutions to the table to, to the honor and the glory of God. Now, the Bible says that God is, is going to send this anointing and it's going to be power from on high. Now, this power is going to come intergenerationally. It's going to come irrespective of gender. The Bible says in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28 to 29, scripture says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is not just your natural daughters and your natural sons, but your spiritual sons and daughters. They're going to access the very DNA of the church and the DNA of the church is both apostolic and prophetic. It means that we're going to be able to see beyond where we are and peer into the future and then come back and build strategies so that we can get from point A to point B. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see vision. And so just as a caveat, let me just fill you up with 
with a revelation. When you go to the book of Ruth, you see two individuals, Naomi, and you see Ruth, and you see these two being um, dominant uh, personalities in the story of Ruth and the unfolding of her destiny. And we note something that is very unusual. Naomi loses her husband and Ruth loses her husband as well. So the older woman loses her husband, the younger woman loses her husband. Now, this represents the blindness amongst the men that are called to lead within our community. Because there is nowhere in the Bible do you see or witness God healing a woman of blindness, but you see man being healed of blindness. Why? Because unless you understand the significance of the old man and the young man, the old man provide the dreams. Why a dream? A dream brings about hope. And we are living amongst a generation of hopeless people. I've never seen so many people taking medication for depression. Why are people depressed? This brings me to the second point and this brings me to Ruth's husband that died so old man dreams dreams that means that they have lost their ability to dream Ruth husband dies young man brings vision so that means that within that particular family within that particular community there was no dreamers and there were no visionaries that means once you lose the ability to dream and once you lose the ability to have a vision you lose control of the trajectory of an entire community and even a nation and what God is doing in this season he's raising up dreamers again and he's raising up visionaries again and these visionaries are going to be planted not only in ministries they're going to be planted in industries because I've discovered hallelujah in writing my brand new book hello tomorrow I've discovered in writing that book that what the world is suffering from is a lack of visionary leaders. Yes, we have a leadership uh, deficit and we have transformational leadership deficit, but what we have is a deficit of, of visionary leaders. Now, when you lose your ability to dream and you lose your ability to see beyond where you are, you lose hope. And when you lose hope, depression enters in and when you are depressed you lose your your drive you lose your, you you become an energy less person where you begin to go through the motions you lose the ability to become a catalyst of change and then you end up amongst the clutter of the common hidden in obscurity with your gifts and talents being uh, suppressed and what God is doing he's releasing an anointing to stir up hidden potential. We have individuals that are born in this generation, I believe, with solutions to solve our cancer problem, with solution to solve our water problem, with solution to solve our despotic governance problem, with solutions to solve our educational problem, with solutions to solve our human trafficking problems. And they're hidden on the inside of us, but they lack 
these individuals lack vision and they lack the ability to dream. But I'm decreeing and declaring that that will not be any of you. That God is going to anoint you so that you can dream again. God is going to anoint you so that you can garner and write a vision out for your family, for your community, for your um, nation. I'm decreeing that within the next uh, decade, we are going to see the unveiling of some of the greatest thought leaders that are going to introduce new solutions to old world problems. And there is an encyclopedia of world problems, and they've listed over 13,000 world problems that have been unsolved. That means that if we continue to push the envelope relative to what we are doing in the church, our work will not just be significant, it will be relevant. We will have input into how humanity moves forward. And again, what God is doing, he's releasing this anointing as he pours out his spirit so that our old man becomes dreamers and our young men see vision. It reminds me of Martin Luther King. I have a dream and we are literally watching that dream transform generation after generation. Do you have a dream that God has given you? That dream has to be articulated. Do you have a vision? That vision has to be articulated. Dreams and visions uh, draw the right resources to you, the right uh, uh, human resources, the right uh, technical resources, the right um, monetary and economic resources. Once you have a dream that is well-defined and a vision that is well-articulated, you will begin to see the hand of God move in an unprecedented way, whereby you will begin to do great exploits. The Bible said, going to verse number 29 of Joel 20, and also upon your servants, upon your handmaidens, in those days will I pour out my spirit. So when we deal with servants, we understand that that word is a Hebrew word which uh, speaks to not only individuals that serve within with that served within the temple, but it spoke to uh, government leaders that were servants. It spoke to employees that had employees. So in other words, if you are involved in business, if you are involved in any level of governance, whether it is a government or whether you're sitting as a chair of a board or you're sitting as a board of directors or amongst the board of directors, if you are CEO, CFO, COO, CIO, and whatever the C-suite is, it simply means in order for you to, to, to lead God is going to, or lead effectively, God is going to give you an anointing commensurate to your assignment. And so scripture says uh, that I'm going to pour out my spirit. And there is the prophecy that went forth. We understand that God said to Zerubbabel, what I'm about to do is not going to be by your might nor by your power. And Jesus had said in Luke 24, 49 to 52, he said, listen, go and I want you to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endowed from power from on high. In other words, this power is not earthbound and anything that is not earthbound cannot be restricted by a human being. If 
God has ever anointed you, there is no one that can restrict your, your, you from expressing anything that God wants to do in your life. They cannot stop you. They cannot prevent you. They cannot stagnate you. The only person that can hinder the flow of the anointing on your life is you. And the question that I want to ask you today, do you have the capacity to receive the double portion of the outpouring of the anointing that is about to happen in this season? This is a season where God is going to anoint the pew. This is a season where God is going to restore the identity of the church. We are going to see a great revival and a great move of God like we have never seen it before. And when I look back on history, I note that in every generation, God raises someone up who he uses as a catalyst of change and a catalyst for a movement. And I I believe that we are going to see some amazing movement that is going to revolutionize this generation and cause humanity to turn their hearts back to Jehovah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So Jesus promising the disciples, he wanted them to tarry. There was approximately 120 of them that through an act of obedience, go into the upper room and they wait and they pray and they praise uh, God. And, and they wait and they don't know what they're waiting for all they know is they're waiting for something that is coming uh, supernaturally and it's coming from God and it's coming from on high so I introduce to you now Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 18 laying the foundation Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 18 this has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.